All right, here we are. It's Thursday morning. I'm Charlie Harger, joined by ComoNews.com meteorologist Scott Sistak. All right, Scott, we are just moments away, at least here where I am in Pierce County. It's 10.05 in the morning. Scott, where do things stand with the incoming winter storms? Oh, my goodness. Well, so far... The first storm here that's coming in today seems to be reasonably going according to plan. I know uh, earlier this week we were thinking like really, really big snow totals down there. Uh, Those snow totals have kind of backed off, but we're still looking at a significant amount and accumulating snow down there. And uh, this little, you know, the flurries and the light snow we're seeing this morning is just kind of the the first little fringe of the storm coming in today. There'll be a better, you know, more consistent snow as we get into the afternoon and evening here. If you like snow, I mean, I guess if you like a lot of snow, it could be better, but it's better than zero. Okay, okay. So uh, some modified thing. What is that? Is that the east winds I see so many people talking about? Or what's uh, reducing the amount that you're seeing? I think for the southwest interior and and those interior places, it's more so the storm's just not as potent. So it's coming in. It just is not as moist. So there's not as much precipitation to work with. The east wind is the problem around Seattle and and Everett and, and the east side. And that is a very dry wind. And it'll just keep picking up as the day goes on. The, the pressure differences between western and eastern Washington are still building. So we're expecting that east wind to, to start getting a little more intense as we get through today. And that wind is very dry and it's actually a little warmer. And we used to call them snow eaters. And it's just... You know, when it's not snowing that hard, that dry wind has enough chance to evaporate the snow before it hits the ground. Okay, so that is today we're talking about. Do those winds have an impact in terms of snow total when the main event arrives tomorrow, which is Friday evening? We're watching that. So far, most of the computer models seem to suggest uh, if it does, it won't have a very significant impact. The the difference is is that the storm coming in tomorrow is much stronger and has a lot more moisture with it. And so the east wind might knock a little oomph out of the storm compared to where if the east winds weren't there. But the storm so the storm should have enough to overwhelm it to where even though some of it's drying and evaporating before it hits the ground, there's enough moisture and enough snow that it should still uh, accumulate quite a bit. So the east wind might, for example, take a place where there's going to be, would have been eight to nine inches and maybe only get six inches. So let's talk about the rest of today, Thursday into tomorrow morning, Friday, uh, let's say 24 hours-ish from now. So uh, from now 10 a.m. to the 10 a.m. hour on Friday, what are you expecting to see for Western Washington? Okay, so for southwestern Washington, the snow will be picking up a little bit later this afternoon. And I would think from areas from about Tacoma south through like Olympia, Chehalis, over towards Shelton and the Hood Canal, uh, you'll probably see a good two to four inches over there, maybe even a little more as you go farther south. Um, up here in the Seattle area, I think we're still going to see some snow. You know, the, the forecast models are pretty adamant that some of the moisture will make it up here. It's just the question of how much and how much of it's going to stick and how much it's going to evaporate in that snow-eating wind. And most of the uh, numbers I've seen around here paint about an inch around Seattle and Bellevue. And maybe even up into Everett, you know, kind of my neck of the woods, 
I've noticed some of the latest, you know, we have a forecast model that updates every hour. Some of the more uh, recent runs here in the last hour or two are looking a little more optimistic for Snohomish County to where this morning it was thinking you're talking maybe a half inch if you're lucky. Now I'm seeing some numbers like maybe an inch. I know that's not Snowmageddon, but you know, it's something and it's a little better trend. But I think as far as the main like Seattle core, Bellevue core, Everett core goes, we're probably going to see some snow, but I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of snow. And I think for this round, it's probably not going to be a severely impactful amount of snow. Because I'm someone who enjoys seeing some snow, I, I don't have to go out and drive in it. I don't have to deal with a lot of the nonsense. So I'm kind of excited. Uh, tomorrow is the main event. Yes, so, later tomorrow. We actually may be able to eke through most of Friday okay. It looks like most of this snow that's coming in now is going to fall late this evening into Thursday night and then linger into Friday morning, but we think we're going to taper off uh, in the morning, and then this next storm may not hit until after sunset Friday night. So we may actually get a, a neat little break here for I don't want people to think like, oh, it's all it's all over this you know whatever happened. Most of the second storm is Friday night into Saturday morning, and as mentioned, this is a a stronger storm. It looks like it can overwhelm the dry area, the dry wind, I should say, and we're still looking at significant snow totals. I think four to six is kind of where we're uh, putting the bullseye for Seattle and Everett and Tacoma. Uh, some of the spots farther south look like they will get more again, maybe eight to 10 inches down Olympia and Chehalis and over toward the Hood Canal. And then the North Sound should get some snow this time, but you're still kind of on the lighter end, probably more so like two to four inches up north. I've been looking at a lot of the ensemble forecasts that are coming out from the Euro and the Americans and uh, all, all sort of the Canadians. And what's interesting to me is, uh, at least with the Euro, there are a lot of purple and magenta colors in that ensemble. Can you just talk about what that means? And especially when there are 50 different uh, models on there? Yeah. Well, purple is when you mix red and green. No, just kidding. Um, the, pur <laughs> the purples and the magentas are kind of the six to 10 inch colors on these models. And what the these ensembles are is a great tool that kind of come into play in the last 10 years or so, because you have like your main resolution that runs with like the greatest firepower and the greatest resolution. And in the old days, that was kind of all we had. We got one shot at calculating a forecast and the computers would spend all its time making this one forecast off the data and then it would spit it out and you look at it and go great and then it would start working on the next one well now we have these ensembles which take a little less complex version of the model but run it 50 different times with slightly different tweaks to the data coming in and to the calculations to kind of give an idea of well if you're still running it with all these little tweaks and you're still getting a pretty consistent output then you've got really high confidence as to what the model is saying if you're getting a wide range where it's like okay half the models say it's going to snow and half the models say it's going to be 53 and, and sunny then now you've got a problem with the model and you're kind of thinking okay this model's worthless so these ensembles kind of give us a really good idea of how confident we should be in a model output and you're right in that the euro and a lot of these other models too are very consistent have been consistent of showing a significant snowfall and then even as each run occurs and each you know group of these 50 models put out there, when you see 40, 45 runs show a significant snowfall, that really opens your eyes to be like, okay, this is a pretty 
you know, good chance this is going to happen. We've got some pretty decent confidence in it. It's never going to be 100%. I mean, even if every single model run showed six inches of snow, something can always go wrong. I mean, we're using a mathematical equation to kind of simulate the atmosphere. So, you know, we can't simulate every single air parcel and every single molecule. We just don't have the firepower for it. So I, I think can, even the minor ensemble shows two inches of snow for the greater Seattle right. area. That, that's an effect. A uh, couple of the high-end ones that probably you want to throw out the low and the high score, like a grading uh, gymnastics, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're up to 20 inches. So Yeah, I've actually, I saw one the other day that had 30, but uh, <laughs> those are, you know, you're right. You're kind of like, okay, well, this kind of gives you an upper end, like worst case scenario, because obviously that one model run saw something that if A, B, C, and D happen, you're going to get 30 inches of snow. But on the other hand, this other model said, well, if if F, G, H, and J happen, then you're not going to get any snow. So we kind of look at, all right, which, which seems to be the leading contender. And I hadn't looked at the numbers this morning. Yesterday, I think the Euro was running like 30 out of 50 were suggesting at least two inches. And... It was a 20 out of 50 suggested more than six. I may have the numbers. Yeah. I have to go back and look. But it was a significant number. It and, was very significant. Yeah. And we look at it and we say, okay, these, you know, that lends some confidence to this. If it was just four runs that said eight inches of snow and a bunch of them said, you know, a half inch or less, then we'd be kind of like, mm, okay, but, but probably not going to happen. And, you know, actually these ensembles came into play with that windstorm we had in January. Mm-hmm. And... The European model was the only one that caught it, but its ensembles actually did predict those 50, 55 mile an hour gusts that we had in Seattle that, you know, were kind of caught off guard. They were the only model that had it. And those ensembles probably should have, you know, were a pretty good idea of, you know, hey, there's there's a good chance of wind here. So uh, they are a helpful tool. They have definitely um, helped us a lot as they've grown in the last few years. And more and more models are coming out with ensembles. They're running more members. They're running them more often, and they're running them at better resolutions. And so, even as you know, as we progress through the years here, it's only going to get better. So Jay Albrecht over on Twitter is saying a couple things. I want to get your take on because I, I see you two uh, interact uh, kind of frequently. Um, first thing he says is uh, he points to these huge tropical moisture plumes we're seeing with the incoming storms and he's betting that when it hits the arctic air already in place above us things could be interesting those plumes look pretty impressive at least for me i now keep in mind scott i'm a person who in college uh, passed uh, one math class and one science class in order to get my uh, liberal arts degree so sounds like my sounds like my transcript no (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i was not a math either yeah (laughs) Talk to us lay people. What does this mean? Well, I think, so that's just speaking to how much moisture is available to us here. And so there's no question we've got plenty of moisture to work with here. The only question is, where is it going to go? Where is the heaviest amount of snowfall going to hit? And will these winds have any kind of limiting effect on knocking down some of these really gaudy snow totals that we're seeing? So I think this also is kind of a change for most of our traditional you know, will it or won't it snow events is we're talking something more like along the lines of what's happening today, where the storm's really not that strong. We don't have a lot of moisture to work with. We're kind of on the fringe for cold, although we're doing a better job today than traditional winds or traditional snow events where, you know, snow levels are pretty guaranteed to be close to zero today, whereas other ones will be like 
500 feet, 300 feet? Is it just Queen Anne and West Seattle or will downtown Seattle get it? Um, that part's a little easier. But so I think that's where some of this concern is, is that, you know, the storm that we're dealing with has a lot of moisture with it. It has, you know, tropical uh, plumes have more moisture in them because, you know, they're t traditionally a warmer storm and the warmer air can hold more water. So you're, you're looking at a potential for heavier snow totals just because we've got kind of more water source to work with here. You just have to see how the other mitigating factors work with it and, uh, you know, if they can knock down the totals at all. So Jay is a retired meteorologist, if you didn't know and you're listening right now. That's uh, his profession. He did it for years. He uh, also, there was this interesting comment thread as reading on social media, and he basically said just because the weather in many of the models is very, very unusual and rare, that doesn't mean we should discount them. Um, it, it, it's that just basic science you just can't fully discount something that you don't normally see right well you've got it's hard because you don't want to you, know, you look at this and go okay how often does this happen because some of these models are predicting you know pretty amazing snow totals for around here 12 15 inches for storm totals in some places and then you think well, okay that's you know you don't want to go out to the world and say okay seattle's gonna have a foot to a foot and a half of snow because it's pretty rare but on the other hand it's not impossible. If you look at Seattle's history, these events do happen. They're not very often, but there have been times when Seattle's had this much snow. You can think of 1996 with the big snow. There was like 12, 15 inches in spots around here, and then it turned to rain. 1990 with the free convergence zone, there was over a foot of snow in Seattle. Um, you look back in the super distant history, in 1880, there was five feet of snow in Seattle. In 1916, uh, there's pictures of downtown Seattle buried under a foot and a half, two and a half feet of snow. And so it's not, you know, it's not impossible to get these kind of storms here. It's just, they're so rare that, you know, it really takes a lot of stuff to go right to get those kind of storms. And it's just, you know, do you have every single ingredient there? And the odds of getting all those ingredients are pretty rare. So I can see why, you know, like for us, we're a little apprehensive to say, you know, okay, this really only happens once every you know, 20, 25 years, 15 years. Is this really something that is looking right now or are the models overestimating it? And so it is true that there is kind of like a bias of, well, you don't want to go out and predict something that only happens so rarely just because the odds of it happening are so low, typically. But you also have to look at your tools and say, well, if they're all suggesting it and, you know, this is what we've got these days and this is what the technology says and balance it with, you know, it's happened before. I mean, if these models were predicting this in Phoenix or Los Angeles or something, we'd be, okay, come on, really? This is, you know, the models are, <laughs> are clearly like bugged out on something. But, yeah. you know, here it's it's happened before. Okay. I, I want to also ask you about what we talked about yesterday, the track of the storm and how that might affect Sunday. Is it still too early to tell whether this is going to come in north or south of Seattle and therefore affect uh, what happens for the storm Sunday night? Yeah, we're still seeing kind of a mixed reaction to whether Sunday is a, a snow event, a, a third snow event, or whether it's, you know, we warm up at the end of uh, the Friday-Saturday storm, and then that turns to rain at the, at the end, and then we're kind of like a rain-snow mixed for Sunday. Um, I tell you this, though, the, I'm kind of thinking that the more that the earlier storms fizzle, like, you know, today, we're not getting as much snow as we thought we were getting a few days ago because of this cold 
dry wind, but that dry wind is keeping the cold air around as well, too. I mean, these ferocious winds blowing out of Bellingham today, you know, 50, 60 miles an hour up there right now, and these other cold winds blowing in from, from eastern Washington, it's damaging the snow prospects in the short term, but it's also kind of keeping the snow prospects around longer into the weekend. So there's sort of a balancing act here. I saw the American GFS model seems to think that the, snow, the Sunday night into Monday event could start as snow and be another significant snow producer and then may change to rent the back end of that one. So we are not done uh, chasing the snow. I, I always worry in these situations, especially when, you know, we're kind of at the start of an extended, you know, period of winter weather like this, that people are judged the entire weekend based on what happens in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> or the first hour and they look out the window and it flurries and it stops and they're like, Oh, well, I guess it's over. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I see that all the time. I saw it back in February that storm we had two years ago, the snowmageddon storm. Then yeah. and it kind of stopped for a little bit and everyone's like, this is it. You guys said it was going to snow or the first wave doesn't <laughs> hit as well, or it flurries. And it's like, even now this, this band of snow that's kind of falling this morning is very light. It's kind of just the front little edge. And uh -huh. if this were just like a normal day, it'd be kind of drizzling, just as you'd expect how it kind of sprinkles a little bit before a storm comes in, you know, that we're kind of in that mode now. And people look at it and go, oh, it's flurrying outside. You know, where's my, there should be six inches on the ground by now. And like, no, no, you know, stay with it, keep in touch. And if you don't get snow today and it doesn't really snow much tonight, that doesn't mean that the Friday night, Saturday storm is a, you know, is a problem either. And it also doesn't mean that Sunday, Monday may not happen either. So let's also Stick talk, let's talk about Portland and the coast, freezing rain and just some really wild conditions going on down there. What are you seeing? I've heard, I haven't looked too much at Portland. I kind of feel like they're on their own down there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I know Portland has been worried about uh, freezing rain and they get it there because, you know, we get the cold air coming out of, the Cascades and all that, but it's farther east and it's not quite a direct line to Seattle. In Portland, they've got almost like a pipeline that goes right through the Columbia River Gorge and just ends right at like Gresham and across the Portland metro area. And so that cold air just keeps the bottom layers of Portland just frozen or below frozen with that cold wind. But then if the storm, they're on the warmer side of the storm, so they're getting a little bit of that milder air on top of it. So the snow is turning to rain and then the rain falls into that super cold air near the ground and it freezes to freezing rain. So they get freezing rain there fairly often. It's a common problem there. And that's kind of the setup they're looking at now of that cold air is coming out of the gorge. It's keeping the Portland area below freezing near the ground up high above it's snow in the middle layers. It's kind of milder and it changes to rain and then freezes when it hits the ground. So Portland, Portland's probably going to be a mixed match of freezing rain and, and snow, whereas up here, we're pretty much snow only. It's just how much. Okay, so snow in the Seattle metro area. Let's start talking about Friday evening into Saturday. What's the lowest amount? What's the highest amount you'd see and not be surprised? Uh, lowest amount would be negative two. <laughs> we actually like steals. No, um, I would say... Just asking you for a range, Scott. I, yeah, I, I think no well, right now on, on the website, on our blog, I have four to six inches in Seattle. Okay, okay. Um, it can go, let's say, as low as one or two and as high as 10. 
All right. All right. But four to six is kind of where I think we're going to settle in. That's a sweet spot. Uh, that's just for the Friday, Saturday storm. We'll have to watch what happens with the Sunday storm. Um, Cause that may pile on top of it too. If that turns out to be snow. Okay. And, um, and some forecasters are saying, Scott, the three day total, uh, they wouldn't be surprised to see this three day total uh, make the top 10 in recorded history. Is, is that starting to fade away with these East winds or is that still in the realm of possibility? I've, I mean, it's in the realm of possibility. I wouldn't put it in the likely category. I mean, you kind of break it down. I don't, I right, haven't folks, done, like I said, Scott, he guarantees it. He guarantees that you're, no, oh wait. No, <laughs> I don't know if I, I have no <laughs> mathematical basis in this besides just a random guess, but I would say probably maybe a 30% chance. 30% chance. All right. I, I mean, you just can my own kind of gut. Bank. I haven't done any mathematical statistical analysis of this. <laughs> Scott so, promises. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and uh, how are your kids holding up right now? You, you know, we have, have, our kids at least, are still uh, doing the online learning thing. And they're upstairs right now, both looking out their windows while pretending to pay attention to class. How are your yep. kids doing? Uh, same thing, except they have to wait longer here. <laughs> but uh, no, they keep asking. And I know, like, my older daughter apparently gets out of, school they're only going to do like a five minute zoom call if it's snowing tomorrow you have to so right? go out and play it and it's like okay well where we are we're kind of in the north sound where the snow is not looking very exciting tomorrow at least not a whole lot but i know that if it doesn't snow and they have to be in zoom all day tomorrow they're not going to be happy okay all right <laughs> and what i think we should talk about tomorrow scott is your upcoming blog you're talking about building the perfect snowman Yes, I have uh, interviewed a mathematician. She lives in Poland, okay. and she has created this website that will show you how to build the mathematically perfect snowman, the one that will look the best and also the one that will last the longest because she has figured out this formula of how, what size to make your snowman and what ratio to make the snowman to make it the most resistant to warm air to make it you know last the longest and not melt okay so if you want to be the envy of your hoa it's going to be important to check out what we have to say tomorrow friday and yes. uh, uh, build a perfect snowman now i just need the snow there to do it i've been holding on to this blog since mid-december <laughs> waiting for the snow and here you know as of two weeks ago i'm like am i really not going to get to post this blog this year so i'm <laughs> it's like I need something. I need like at least two inches around here just so I can post the blog. And, and you're confident it, we'll be able to pack this snow enough. It's not going to be powder. Yeah, I think the second storm. This first one might be kind of dry today. Uh, I think the second one, the Friday night, Saturday stuff should be pretty good. All right. Well, Scott, what we're going to do is take a timeout. We're going to check in tomorrow. And hopefully by then, we're going to have a really good idea of where things are with uh, the snow forecast. We'll be within 12, 24 hours, and we'll start to know, is this Sounds going great. to be a major storm? Good. And I'll be working on my witness protection program uh, application <laughs> just in case it doesn't. All right. I, I have some sunglasses and a <laughs> one-way ticket to Palm Springs for you, okay? Sounds good. All right, ComoNews.com meteorologist Scott Sistek. I'm Charlie Harger. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.